Since 2017, the Italian Wine Podcast has exploded and expects to hit 6 million listens by the end of July 2023. We're celebrating this success by recognizing those who have shared the journey with us and giving them the opportunity to contribute to the ongoing success of the shows. By buying a paper copy of the Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 or making a donation to help the ongoing running costs, members of the international Italian wine community will be given the chance to nominate future guests and even enter a prize draw to have lunch with Stevie Kim and Professor Attilio Scienza. To find out more, visit us at italianwinepodcast.com. Chin chin! Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Okay, hello everybody. Oh, there's Chiara. Ciao. Ciaoone, Chiara. Ciao. Ciao, ciao carissima. Ciao, tutto bene? Tutto benissimo. Ciao, Matt. Ciao, Stevie. Ciao, Chiara. Ciao, Matt. I'm so, so excited to have you guys with us today. This is very exciting. I'm a little bit jealous. I would love to interview Chiara myself, Matt, but this will have to do. Um, so yeah. thank you for joining us. This is what it, we call the Ambassador's Corner. You both have party hats, which means you're new members to the clubhouse. Believe it or not, um, I would say about two, three years ago, this used to be like the place to be. An incredible platform uh, where people met and we had great discussions. We started this Italian wine club. I would say two, more than two years ago, because this is actually our 100th anniversary episode. So hold on one second. I have some special effects. Did you guys like that? This is like, this is my... I love it. I, I love I'm the it. master jam here. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, I'm going to introduce Matt, the Ambassador Corners works like this one of our italian wine ambassadors at lodge they choose their favorite producer and they get to do a deep dive more like a fireside chat style for about 60 minutes in the beginning i thought people would get bored out of their minds it's very long but believe it or not this is one of our most popular shows and let me just wait do some wagering here i will put my money that today's episode will be one of the most popular um listens of all time because we there are not many of us um here today but we replay this on the audio on the Italian Wine Podcast, and that's where we have a huge, huge following. So let's get on to the show today. Today's mod is Matt Irwin. Ciao, Matt. Ciao, Stevie. Thank you for uh, having me. I'm so excited tonight, especially to have my friend Chiara with us. Oh, you're, you may be excited, but how, how? what time is it? Where, where are you? Are you in Brisbane? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm in 
Sydney, Australia, and it's one thirty in the morning. Shit, and you're still awake. Mm-hmm. I am, I am. I wouldn't have missed it. I'm okay, sure. yeah. excellent. Uh, thank um, you. Thank you for making that supreme um, sacrifice. So for those uh, who are unfamiliar with Matt, Matt Irwin, where did you grow up? Yeah, I grew up in Brisbane. Yeah, you have that terrible Aussie accent, so I figured as much. That's right. And then, right. but right you kind of moved around a bit, though, right? I know you have a um, Canadian wife. Are you still married? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. I live down. We all live down in Sydney with uh, two kids. Uh, it's uh, it's holding strong. Uh, uh, but yes, uh, I met her over in Europe um, a long time ago. It, well, we don't want to date ourselves, but how? Um, how? <laughs> when did you start with wine? When did you get the wine bug? Uh, about 15 years ago, uh, after I'd left Europe, I moved, we moved to Canada and I lived in Calgary for six years. And, uh, that's where I started, uh, working with Italian wine with an importer there in Calgary. Um, and from there I haven't stopped, uh, with Italian wine. Okay. And now you're also working with an Italian wine importer. Is that correct? That's right. So I was working with Trembath and Taylor, um, I think Australia's best Italian wine importer um, for 11 years. But I recently left. I now work for WSET, the Wine and Spirits Education Yeah, Council. because when you came down to Italy, um, you were telling me, you gave me kind of an anti-prima of, um, about this new job here. So you're no longer mm-hmm. working with the Italian wine importer, but you are now working with WSET. And what is your role in WSET? Uh, so I'm business development for Australia and New Zealand. So I get to hang out with uh, all the educators in Australia. Okay, excellent. Ooh. And you are also in the MW program? Yes, uh, just did my stage one exam a couple right. of weeks ago. How do you feel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah. we'll see. You we know, have bunch of a few months away, so put it out if you mind. Okay, great. We have a bunch of, of course, uh, members um, mm-hmm. from the Via community, part of the Master of Wine program, and some of them are in fact Master of Wines themselves. But more importantly, you have been anointed as the Italian Wine Ambassador um, in the Vinital International Academy program just just now, recently in April. That's right. Um, yeah, I, that was exciting to get that one. It, I'd wanted that for a few years and COVID had held it up and finally I got to um, achieve it uh, just a couple of months ago. Okay, great. So tell yeah. us why you have chosen. I mean, you're, you work for an Italian wine importer. You know thousands of your winemakers, I'm sure. So mm-hmm. why did you select, select Chiara Boschi's? Because ah, she's my favourite in both her wines and the person. Oh, uh, my Chiara goodness. Is, Chiara is beautiful and her wines are as well. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't agree with you more because, I mm-hmm. mean, I love, I love you, Matt, but I love mm-hmm. Chiara more. I have to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> I, 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 most people would. Most yeah. people should. So tell us how uh, you met Chiara. Uh, so, yeah, with working with Trembath and Taylor, I got to know her wines, but I, I went and visited Barolo uh, in 2014 and I uh, walked Canubi Hill with Chiara and she, uh, uh, we had lunch in the winery together and um, that's when I realised she was a really wonderful, special person um, making wine in an incredible place, as we, as we know, with Barolo. Um, but then Chiara came out to Australia in 2017 to... to uh, 
to work um, with her wines, but um, she got to hang out for a few days in Sydney with us, and that's when uh, we really got to know her. She got to take my kids, uh, and my wife took her to Taronga Zoo to see the kangaroos and koalas. Oh, <laughs> nice. I went to visit her too in November, and it was pretty, pretty amazing what she's doing with the with the Kanubi um, mm-hmm. cause there. Okay, so as mm-hmm. you know, we get a bit geeky around here. Um, mm-hmm. What are the learning objectives from um, what's going on there? Are there kangaroos well, in the I room? Well, I do love a, I do love a good <laughs> learning objective working for WSET. So um, we're going to learn about Kiara's story uh, from growing up in Barolo and then taking over her own winery uh, as a young woman uh, in 1981. So how was that and, um, you know, her experiences? Um, I want to know about how the region and its wines have changed over the years and what we can look forward to in the future. Change must have a positive as well. Um, I'll also talk about her project on Kanubi um, to be bringing in the bio project there for organic farming on an entire area um, is I also want to know a lot about. Um, and then her cheese, Castelmagno cheese. We're going oh, to learn about her about cheese that. from the Alpine Hills as well. Yeah, I didn't know about her uh, cheese mm-hmm. um, adventure. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, listen. So, Matt, over to you now. Uh, so, let's get into this. And I will come back. I will actually mute myself, which rarely happens. So, you have to take full advantage. And I will come back towards the end to see if we have a, a little bit time for Q&A. Okay? Okay. Alrighty. Beautiful. Thanks, Stevie. Ciao. Um, well, I... I have the beautiful honour of introducing my friend Chiara. Chiara Boskis is a superstar in the Italian wine world. She's a revolutionary who has worked incredibly hard to help grow both her winery and the entire region of Barolo. Growing up in Barolo, the young Chiara studied economics before her family purchased a winery at Pira e Figli in propelling her into a different role as a winemaker, becoming the only female enologist working in Barolo through her considerable determination and charm and confidence, she's risen the profile of the entire region. She was the only woman in the legendary Barolo Boys, and her philosophy is to craft wines that marry the extraordinary power of Barolo and with approachability. Um, Chiara is a friend of mine, and I am so excited that I get to talk with her today about what's going on in her winery. She's had her brother... Giorgio joined her in 2010 and they bought Moscone, uh, a very important vineyard. And then her Giorgio's daughter, Beatrice, has now joined the winery. Chiara, ciao. Ciao, Matt. Grazie per avermi scelto. Oh, sorry, I have to speak English. <laughs> Thank you so much for. For, for choosing to talk to me and yeah. uh, it's a really a great pleasure thank you so much your your words are very nice very touching thank you uh, we feel honored to have you come and talk uh, with us and tell us all about your winery how how are you and how is the winery today and how are the grapes uh, doing in this harvest Oh, at this point, uh, we are really, uh, you know, July is the hottest month here and we are mm-hmm. literally, the, the heat is exploded and, uh, but uh, that's uh, 
took a great acceleration for the maturation, uh, which uh, really go- look great. We will be anticipate for sure the the grape look fantastic so we had some rain uh, also um, in the during the spring and a little bit uh, uh, along the way until now so uh, I really have to say that uh, we are going very well very well good very good well we want to hear your story about um, you know everything you've gone through and hear your knowledge. So I'm going to ask you a few questions and I want you to tell us about growing up in the family winery because you are from Barolo. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, I come from a family that own a very old winery in the in the village, uh, but you know also that in the past, uh, women were not supposed to take over wineries uh, because uh, the, the girls normally were getting married uh, and uh, abandoning the family. And so this is something that uh, I changed because I grew up in a... Um, when I when I was growing up, uh, I feel uh, really the importance of cheese of um, uh, or you know getting a sort of war to to get my space uh, to to try to uh, to realize my dreams and my thing and my dreams uh, was uh, was really to uh, to do the same work that my that my parents were doing because you know being. Uh, growing up uh, in a, in a winery, like always, uh, happened, uh, the kids are involved in, uh, in the work, you know, maybe for, with small thing, but maybe the harvest or something else. But, um, that was enough, uh, to give me this bucolic idea of the work and also the fact that my parents had so much much passion uh, about it uh, really really drive me into this uh, this uh, in the, in this path and of course growing up uh, you know i went through the feminist uh, um, phases uh, moment so i really wanted to do all what the boys were doing so i i really um, fight for 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 being for becoming a winemaker and uh, and a farmer really fight a lot <laughs> yeah and your determination shows as well um through your wines did you do go to university for winemaking or was it learned did you learn it from a mentor yeah exactly uh you know um, in the past, as I was telling you, the, the girls had to do certain things, you know, so mm. uh, uh, my parents asked me to uh, to study like uh, economics, uh, you know, uh, girls would do the, the bookkeeping, the, all these things. Um, actually, the girls are very good also in doing Mm, uh, I don't know the marketing and everything, uh, but uh, I really wanted to to be uh, winemaker. So I learned, of course, from my family, and then a lot from my friend. I have to say that I I had to to learn by throwing myself into the work. So it's always it's always like that. At a certain moment, you have to take your life and your things with in, into your hand and go for it. You will learn on the way. So I'm 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 not away and I'm not. I didn't study 
analogy and this always make me uh, feel like yeah, you know I'm missing something but uh, I compensate uh, with uh, a lot of work and a lot of passion so mm -hmm. there must have been some people who um, showed you winemaking or, or acted as a, um, a mentor to you Oh, yes, of course. Uh, you know that uh, when I step into the wine world, um, I was lucky enough that uh, this uh, sort of revolution was just becoming the Barolo Boys uh, revolution. So I had the, the great pleasure and honor to to share the way with some of the um, uh, of, of some of great greatest winemakers of the area. And so um, we uh, we had a, a a group of friends uh, who mm, who were working together, sharing experience, which was kind of uh, unique because in the past uh, everybody were doing just their own business. On the contrary, we went to, together, changing ideas, experimenting a lot. We were uh, the most exciting thing is that everybody was doing ex some experiment and uh, sharing this the result with the other so it was like uh, uh, making more than one harvest uh, every year and so I had uh, and of course uh, I had great friend uh, I you know for example Giorgio Rivetti really teach me literally how to do the the work uh, you know in the cell and when I had something some problem I was calling him I was calling Domenico Clerico you know uh, all the uh, all my friends were very very nice to me they never really treat me like uh, like if I was not part of the group that was uh, means a lot to me you were central to the group. You were the one they all revolved around, Chiara, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. So you're talking about, for, for people who may not know, the Barolo Boys, a legendary group of growers uh, in Barolo. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, through the 80s and 90s. And um, yes. who worked together to swap ideas, but also went to the USA to promote the wines together as a collective. Is that right? Yes. Uh, first, I think that, uh, well, we were a group of friends. So, uh, and uh, we did a lot of um, uh, discussion uh, because we wanted to, we realized that we still had, we, we had a lot of potential because the Barolo was not uh, well known back then. And uh, we really, really believed in the potential of this wine. And uh, we really wanted uh, to present to the world uh, this wine. But we also realized that, uh, uh, in the past was interpreted uh, uh, in a too rustical way. So we tried to give uh, more elegance and finesse uh, to this wine. But con and in the same time, what we wanted to do was uh, to, because we are farmer, uh, to get uh, more respect for the work that we, uh, that we were doing. So what we realized is that uh, we wanted to become cool farmer, you know, and so to be like a special artisan, artisan that create, uh, uh, not only a good uh, product. Uh, we wanted to create uh, something special, something almost artistic, you know? Mm 
So we work hard uh, on this direction. We realize that uh, because we are farmer, um, we could uh, put even more effort uh, in working even better in the in the field. Uh, so lowering the crop, for example, a lot, uh, and then uh, in the cellar. Um, uh, refining very much uh, the way of uh, of working so a uh, clean environment a uh, clean barrel uh, I think that uh, our best idea anyway was to mm-hmm. focus on the terroir and um, and so show the differences from one village to another and at the certain moment what we had in our hand uh, this um, quality wine where we were of course, uh, uh, proud of it. Uh, we realized that we had to show, to share this, uh, this wine and this experience with the rest of the world. So the first important trip uh, was uh, really in the in United States uh, because we met yeah. uh, um, Marco de Grazia. He was a, 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 a half Italian, half American, very enthusiastic wine, wine, wine nerd you know so Mm -hmm. he he helped us uh, to uh, find a way to find uh, uh, not only customers we really find supporter people that uh, still today they be really uh, fighting like in a mission to make the Barolo well known you know that yeah, well, it's uh, and the wines keep getting better and better as well. What you brought into that the cellar management in Barolo has uh, completely uh, revolutionised the region. Um, but when you went through the vineyards and started dropping all of that green fruit, wh- what was the older generation saying to you? It was a great uh, shock for for the the older person because uh, uh, you have to consider that. Uh, uh, the ge- simply the generation of my parents uh, they've been uh, sper- g- going they were uh, experimenting the, sh- the the starvation of the of the of the war period you know so in mm-hmm. one generation from my parents to me there is a huge jump uh, in uh, uh, study for example because I, I was able to go to the university my parents did only the elementary school so they gave us um, more tools of course uh, to learn and uh, mm-hmm. and that's why we thought about uh, all uh, step by step uh, which was the direction to increase the the quality of the wine and increase also uh, our um, position because before to be farmer was really considered very badly you know and um, uh, so so the people seeing uh, us throwing away um, wasting all this uh, wonderful fruit fruit uh, they were shocked like they were shocked when they saw us changing barrels they mm-hmm. were shocked even uh, seeing us going uh, around the world to present the wine they were mm-hmm. thinking that we were going on holiday and uh, or maybe even what we thought was that uh, because our wines are wine for food we realized that it was important to make the people appreciate the combination of our local food with our wine 
and again, so the people thought, oh, these guys are just party guys. So there were many aspects of what we were doing that was completely different from the past. Because mm -hmm. the past uh, was, uh, was different. They had, uh, you know, more, more poverty. There were, uh, there were no money. They even didn't dare to open a bottle of Barolo, you know, because it was mm -hmm. the expensive wine. The Barolo was the wine to sell to make the economy of the family. And uh, so we started to open bottles because we realized that the people had to try the wine, you know? And yeah. uh, so so the people, the older generation was uh, a little shocked. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but in terms of the viticulture, you've been organic, your vineyards, since 2014 vintage, is that right? No, I was always organic because, mm. you know, uh, this is something that I really learned from my father, uh, that uh, he really loved a lot, the vineyards, and he refused to give, uh, to give uh, some chemical, you know, uh, especially in the 60s, uh, uh, all of a sudden it seems that uh, the, the chemical, uh, the mm, the chemical um, uh, molecular synthetic molecular mm. could solve the problems all the problems so people were coming knocking at the door of the farmers say oh you know there is this uh, medicine that get into the system of the plant uh, and make it uh, so you don't need to do the treatment uh, mm. uh, because you know but because of that thing. The, the fact that uh, remain, those synthetic molecular remain in circulation, that is the negative things as well, because we cannot get rid of it and it's polluting, you know, and, uh, and you eat or drink this, uh, this molecular, so it's not good. Mm -hmm. And so my father never, never really liked it. And uh, it's funny because those uh, salesperson were uh, making fun of him, saying that uh, he was uh, uh, a Jurassic uh, dinosaur. So, but uh, I realized that uh, I always told him, I said, you're not be behind, you are in front because I really uh, learn uh, how it was important to be uh, to be clean, to be organic. I never really believed like my father in all those uh, uh, lies that the the industry, the chemical industry, were were saying. You know, and yeah. uh, and in fact, uh, my my father was always uh, you know he was asking, for example, to these people, he was says asking. How can something that, for example, kill a bug or kill the grass be good for me, even if I am a bigger animal? But, uh, you know, and uh, these people were saying, no, but these are selected uh, poison or things like that. So can you, have you ever seen a selected a selective poison? <laughs> no. no, no, it kills something. It kills lots of lots of things. Um, but yeah. when you're growing so, organic, obviously the people around you need to be, um, you know, growing organic or not using those chemicals as well. So not just your own vineyard being organic. You've been working really hard at getting the entire Canoobie Hill yes. organic. Is that right? Yes. So how's that um, going? 
like uh, I was telling you before, in uh, in 2010, uh, anyway, I decided to ask the certification. Why? I was organic before, but I realized that it was important to start to talk about organic in a very serious way and to show on the label, you know, the symbol to make the difference. And uh, so in 2010, I asked the certification. 2014 was the first year of... Um, that I could uh, go out with the label uh, of organic and was also difficult vintage. But I managed to go through the vintage very, very well. The, the wine was, uh, was great. And uh, I, I really com get convinced uh, that uh, was uh, really possible for everybody to become organic. And as you pointed out, if you are orga organic, but your neighbors are not, you have a problem, right? And of course, uh, you can, you have one solution is to create a sort of buffer zone, a bell of respect. So the grape that come from maybe one, two or three row has to be sacrificed. Uh, you don't, you cannot uh, use them for your wine because uh, when uh, uh, the analysis on the wine is made, the tolerance uh, is a zero for chemical and but there is another possibility which is the possibility to which is the way to convince uh, your your neighbor um, and even if it seems um, uh, weird because uh, in this uh, society there is more habit to suit the, the the neighbor instead of making friendship which is exactly the opposite like it was in the past in fact uh, I've always been uh, remembering my father was teaching me always telling me your neighbor has to be your best friend because they are those ones that are so near to you when you need the help and they can come and support you so I always keep that in mind because uh, in the past uh, the people were really helping each other a lot they were even there was no TV so they were even uh, going to each other's table in the evening to play cards uh, to talk uh, to sing and I mean to spend the evening and uh, so there was a good relation today people went, goes on court and is crazy like like even in Kanubi it happened you know uh, just a few years ago people went on court for the name for <clears throat> many reasons and I thought yeah. it was uh, time to change to have a positive thinking and uh, that's why I had this idea that uh, really like a little lamp that comes up <coughs> in my brain. And uh, I said, wow, that would be fantastic if I could convince everybody. And I have to say that uh, uh, the fact that I always uh, behave well with my neighbors and with the people mm, really helped me a lot. And today, mm -hmm. the project of the Canubi Bio it's, uh, it's really at a good point. Good, good. You yeah. must be getting very close and at least having most of the hill working organically and just one person who, uh, or, or a couple who maybe uh, are working on the edges. It's just an amazing achievement yeah. to have the entire, of what I consider to be the greatest wine hill on the planet. I am an Italian wine lover, but I think Canubi is uh, one of the greatest hills to grow grapes uh, 
uh, anywhere in the anywhere in the world. So instead of using instead of using um, uh, insecticides and pesticides and herbicides, um, you grow a cover cover crops between your rows, don't you? this podcast there's so much more high quality wine content available from mama jumbo shrimp check out our new wine study maps our books on italian wine including italian wine unplugged the jumbo shrimp guide to italian wine sangiovese lambrusco and other stories and much much more on our website mamajumboshrimp.com now back to the show oh the technique uh, that uh, we are using today are multiple so, like you said correctly, the first thing is to have the environment that is healthy. And that's mm-hmm. co- uh, the contribution, important contribution is, of course, to see the, the cover crop. So, because uh, uh, we have uh, the monoculture uh, and we have uh, only vines, we have to create this uh, var- varietal uh, by seeding different flowers uh, and different herbs. And this mm-hmm. is very important because uh, uh, we can attract uh, ca- different kind of bugs. For this reason, I also put uh, in the middle of the vineyard, uh, um, like uh, uh, the hotels for for birds or hotels for mm-hmm. insect uh, insect house. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> this uh, help to maintain the diversity. We have more bugs, but more birds who eat, or even the bat, for example, mm-hmm. are very, very useful. But uh, not only that, we have uh, many systems that are, for example, now we tend to use a lot of living thing that uh, can support us uh, for example we use bacteria we use yeast we use uh, seaweed we use uh, extract we use mycorrhiz um, so there are many many natural products that are very effective it's i always make the comparison with uh, uh, the health of the person you know so what mm-hmm. we try today is to work on strengthen the natural defense of the plant exactly like the medicine does with us as a human being so instead of curing is much more effective Active to strengthen the natural defense, and for this reason, with the vaccination, with with uh, I don't know, a healthy life uh, and things like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, and with the world getting warmer, um, things must be changing in Barolo as well. Um, from when you started growing Nebbiolo and Barbero, yes, yeah, so that is the big problem. And that was also the reason why many of decided to go for the certification organic because I thought it was important to start the, the debate that was important to start to, um, to push uh, the people to reflect on this, uh, on this aspect. It's too important. We are, as a human, really literally destroying the environment and the world that is giving us uh, the support and is the, uh, uh, the, the most crazy thing. No other animals do, do like that. No other animals mm. 
destroy the environment where they live in. So this is something really crazy. But um, but unfortunately, as a human, uh, we do that. Mm-hmm. We do it's that. True. It's true. Yeah. Unfortunately. But, yeah. And but, then uh, technically, okay. can we have? Okay. I think we have a. I think we have a scoop now. Um, so you've been planting some new grapes. Is that right? Yes. Oh, just the one thing about the the, the last uh, question. Uh, of course, from the technical point of view, uh, we put uh, in action several several uh, uh, several activity. So, for example, in Barolo, I put all the net, the most exposed vineyard. I have net uh, that uh, can uh, cover, can create a shadow, and help uh, the the vine um, and also protect from hail also the managing of the of the canopy for example not at all any cut anymore the idea is to create a sort of big umbrella big hat uh, to protect the vines and so on then we work uh, all the work of the cleaning of the vines are done on the back side in order to not take any leaves on the front so there are many things and Ultimate, uh, because last year we were in a short of uh, shortage of uh, of water. We started to think about uh, how uh, have eventually in the future a um, even uh, a drop system to for survival for survival. Because if it keeps on going like that, we have to start thinking about that. How to spare the water, how to eventually give some water to the plant, whatever. Is We are not yet at this point, but we are, of course, you need to talk about it. Yeah. So that's, absolutely. sorry for, for ending this. No, but not yes. at all. And the last, the last couple of years have been very hot in Barolo, um, haven't they? Um, yeah. That, that came off to wonderful years, though, 19... Um, and 20 as well. The, 20, the 2019 Barolos have just arrived in Australia. Um, I'm excited yes. to try them. Yes, a great vintage, of course, but it's true. Uh, this, uh, I mean, a warmer weather up to a certain level is good because uh, we had in this last year fantastic vintage, of course, and uh, mm-hmm. we don't have uh, the pressure of the mildew, uh, very much reduced, uh, you know, so there are some positive aspects, but it's also true that keep on going in this direction, we will have a change, also an extremization of the weather. So, for example, no rain for a few months, like last year, four months, no rain, and then a huge bomb of water or hail. So this is not good uh, as well at all. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's the extremes. And, yeah, it's the extremization is too too hard. But yes, 2019 is the new vintage on the market now. Is gorgeous and we just finished bottle today uh with the moon of july the <clears throat> the barolo 2020 and huh? the nascetta that you were talking about uh, is uh, something new something fun because uh, you know many customer and friends were always cheesing you know saying hey come on you never you, you never think about doing a white or whatever and i thought well why not? Why not? With the global warming, it's nice to have a fresh bottle of Nascetta in the refrigerator. It's local. It's really fun. It's a fun wine. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when will this nachetta <laughs> be ready for bottling? <laughs> well, this year will be the first year of production. Okay. <laughs> so we still have some uh, some time. And where, where is the vineyard located? Is it in um, Barolo, Lange? It's in Monforte. You know that uh, uh, Nascetta originally comes from Novello, but uh, uh, it's possible to 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 plant. It's uh, needed, you know. And uh, yeah. in these last years, <clears throat> actually became more popular. <coughs> it was forgotten for so long, but. Um, yeah. And I have uh, a vineyard in Monforte d'Alba that I was uh, uh, a piece of land that I was able to purchase from uh, recently from uh, an, uh, an uh, cousin, a cousin of mine. And so I thought, uh, well, why not? Um, before I didn't really had the opportunity but with a new piece of land I said why not it's a very small quantity will be probably more used for personal drinking and friends (laughs) (laughs) but uh, we'll see we'll see (laughs) Ah, always changing Chiara so um, you you really are have forged a pathway for um, female winemakers around the world Um, do you think there's some things that women are better at with winemaking or growing grapes? You know what? I've been fighting all my my life to have the equal right to be considered the same. So, to be honest, I think we are the same. Oh, it's true that we have difference between men, especially from the physical point of view, of sure. course. But uh, but uh, no, I I think it's a matter of individual. You know, so some people have some talent, other people have other talent, uh, but um, mm-hmm. uh, no, I think uh, we are we we are equal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, but your your wines show your personality. I believe they're vibrant. They're um, they're they've got power and they've got passion, but they also have elegance as well. Um, is that a style that you've worked towards, or it's just um, come naturally? Maybe when you say what is, I mean, when you say the difference between men and women, I wouldn't mm. say that the women are better at, but I think that I've always had this um, uh, sensibility, sensitivity. Uh, no, mm, I'm always yep, sensitive. very sensitive uh, always been very careful for the elegance because uh, mm-hmm. uh, more than you know the, the power the whatever I like the balance the finesse uh, uh, I really like uh, when everything is in balance and I like wine that has a strong personality that are long uh, but uh, that are kind so mm-hmm. that's always been what and i'm lucky because i had in my hand uh, uh the vineyard that has that is the the queen of the elegance you know canubi has always mm-hmm. been uh, uh, famous because of this finesse and elegance and i realized uh, how different can be one uh, area to another because uh, 
when back then with the Barolo boys we were uh, trying the wine of each area I was amazed at how different uh, there was from our, one area to another and now that I have the possibility to, to vinify Mo Mosconi Mosconi can be very bold you know so for me the mission was uh, to really drive uh, this wine uh, that has a great uh, you know body into into the direction of uh, uh, of elegance uh, as well Mm -hmm. Yes, and they do They do have their own personality, Kanubi and Moscone, but they have your style behind them. You also um, return to more traditional Barolo and have a blend of different vineyards in Via Nuova, is that right? Yes, yes. You know, when uh, my brother joined me in 2010, uh, we had the possibility to buy more vineyards and uh, now uh, we have nine different crews which is a lot so the oh. idea you know i have always been fanatic about the terroir about showing mm. the differences but uh, also to have nine super small quantity uh, of uh, different barolo it's uh, it's problematic to manage and so i thought that uh, uh, the idea to show the two completely different wine uh, canubi and mosconi would be very intriguing but the, the traditional solution, the classic uh, concept of the assemblage is fantastic. And I thought it was time with the arrival of my brother to close uh, also a circle, uh, we say in Italian, uh, close the circle when things uh, goes, uh, goes back home, you know, and to pay a homage to the heritage of my family. So the assemblage expressed this, uh, uh, this uh, incredible and uh, fantastic tradition. So all three Barolo has completely different uh, personality and uh, different character, character. But this come, of course, like you said, I try to, uh, to be gentle, to be very kind to this wine. But essentially, they express the area where they come from. Yeah, yeah, and you've you you're able to show that through uh, some deft touches with the winemaking as well. Um, you're you don't use as much oak as um, as you used to. New oak, I should say. Is that right? Yes. Well, I have to say that the vinification of the three Barolo is done mm -hmm. on purpose in the same way because mm -hmm. you know to in order to show the difference of terroir, you have to do the same thing for all the the, the wine. Otherwise, mm -hmm. uh, if you change something, for example, if you do all bunch, uh, full bunch, whatever, or I don't know what, uh, you change the character. So the vinification is the same. But about yeah. the the use of the of the wood uh, and the aging in wood, I always says that for me is a little bit like uh, you know something that has to be tailor made. It's like the the dress that you put on when you go out uh, with your wife. Uh, you, know, you you want to look good. So I realized by tasting when I was doing still the same, you know, half big barrel, half uh, barrique, I realized that uh, certain vineyards uh, need more micro-oxygenation and so 
this perfect in smaller barrel, someone else don't. So they go in bigger barrel. And of course, the new wood today um, is very, very small quantity. It's true that in the past, we had to change all the barrel because the barrel in the cellar were super old. And so at the beginning, the... Um, the impact, uh, of course, we had uh, a lot of uh, new oak before necessity, and the impact was a little bit violent, uh, of course, mm. because the wine sometimes had this oaky tone, but today you don't find it anymore. So now we have uh, uh, barrels that uh, are... We, you know, that are in the cellar since many, many years, and uh, we mm -hmm. are able also to clean them very well compared to the past, you know, in the past, people didn't mm -hmm. have the water in the cellar. So they were, had difficulties even to wash the barrel. Today, yeah. we have technique, technique that we spare, we use very, very little water and we have, and we maximize the effect by, you know, with the pressure. And uh, so we have uh, barrels that are always uh, perfectly clean and efficient. Mm -hmm. And that shows in the wines as well, the precision of fruit and the, the, the beautiful treatment with the oak framing. Um, there is definitely, uh, it shows the care has happened in the cellar and also in the, in the vineyard as well. Um, you've actually got your niece, uh, Beatrice, who's come in to start working with you recently. She's just graduated from an enology degree. Yes, um, yes, my brother has uh, three girls that are really fantastic. The oldest, uh, Beatrice, is already working uh, in the winery. She, uh, she's an enologue. She studied uh, at the enological school and she went to university. So uh, she has, uh, uh, she's very smart and very passionate. I really can see myself in her and this touched my heart because this so exciting uh, for me is really it's like uh, she gave me the possibility kind of uh, take away 40 years from my shoulder because she arrived with this energy and uh, it's really fantastic I'm so proud so happy for that uh, this new generation are amazing good has she brought some new ideas uh, into the winery yet to revolutionize some things herself she still have to learn, of course, but I can see that she's so curious. So we are um, trying together so many things. Every harvest, we do some experiment. We try, and it's uh, nice. So um, it's really exciting. Yes, we, we, we experiment a lot, really. Every mm -hmm. uh, and, and this is good because with her energy, it's much easier you know <laughs> mm -hmm, absolutely so i have to clean all those barrels <laughs> <laughs> exactly so all the idea uh now let's try it's a new idea okay let's try we see it works you know <laughs> fantastic <laughs> yeah absolutely now nebbiolo always gets all of the limelight over in barolo but i think barbera is one of the world's great grapes as well your barbera is um is delicious has the warming climate been beneficial to Barbera? It seems to be in a really beautiful spot at the moment, Barbera. 
Yes, uh, of course, Barbera is a grape that uh, is amazing. It's fantastic. I love Barbera mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And of course, the global, uh, <laughs> the global warming until now, uh, up to this level, uh, over, I don't know. But uh, until now, yes, uh, gave uh, the possibility to, to the grape to express even more and um, to mature perfectly because the Barbera need really a perfect ripening uh, degree. But mm -hmm. Barbera is challenge is very much challenging this period because with this um, stress given by the weather, plants mm -hmm. are uh, you know um, can become more sensitive to attack uh, of uh, of illness. And Barbera is in this moment under attack of uh, uh, a alien. Uh, we, I can call uh, alien illness that is the La Flavescence Dorata. So, it's the, is, yeah, right. That's the fruit fly? No, no. It's another thing. Um, oh. No, well, you're talking about the Suzuki. The oh, no, fly. Yes. No, no, this is something else. Uh, and we have a lot of, uh, uh, unfortunately, with the, yes, the, the, the world's more open like that, uh, sometime arrive something. So this uh, Flavicenza Dorata uh, is um, a phytoplasma. So it's a sort of virus, uh, virus bacteria in the middle, uh, right? But mm -hmm. it's more like a virus because there is no cure. Um, and so uh, it affects the circulation, the vessel of the plant, close the vessel and, the, and cause the, the death of the plant. So it's really the new philosopher. Mm, and for this reason, uh, now we are uh, really mm, very much uh, challenged on that. We have a uh, uh, big lo loss, loss of uh, plants, but I do not uh, give up. I keep on replanting as soon as I see the illness that you have to. It's very important for us to, uh, to prevent. And so as soon as you see the symptom and this period where the symptoms are getting clear, I'm going out to check the vineyard uh, every week. If I see a symptom, you have to take away the plant because if you leave a plant with uh, that is affected, uh, the the carrier bag uh, bug uh, there is a uh, one or who who knows more probably uh, bug that uh, can get affected while eating from that uh, vine um, okay. and can transmit it to another vine. So it's very important not to have a plant that are uh, ill, you know, because mm -hmm. the bug itself uh, is innocent. He has, uh, he don't know uh, mm -hmm. he what, uh, what he can, right? And, um, and for this reason, but it's important for this reason not uh, to, to give the, 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 the opportunity to the bug to, to get uh, infected and transmit it. Yeah, so when you remove the vine, do you have to take the roots as well? Is it infected down in the roots or just the trunk? No, 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 no. As soon as you take away the, the vegetation, it's gone. Uh, okay. It's done. You don't need it to do it right away. In this moment, we have no time to do that work, but uh, you have to take away all the leaves. So you don't have to leave any leaves. Uh, so that there is no insect that can feed and get infected from uh, from right. that plant. 
Yeah, no. right. And it's only affecting the Barbera? Barbera, no, many, many varieties, for example. Okay. Uh, but Barbera is particularly sensitive. And probably also because uh, Barbera is particularly loved by the bug, uh, because it has less tannin, you know, Nebbiolo, for example, uh, is um, maybe, is probably more resistant itself as a plant, but um, I'm sure that is also less uh, loved by the, bu- by the bug. And so we... Uh, yeah, so, but other, but yeah, you can have it also in the Nebbiolo. The Dolcetto is also kind of sensitive, or the Chardonnay was a disaster. Huh? The people that mm. plant the Chardonnay hmm, now, mm. goodbye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But you're not just uh, in wine, so uh, you you have a cheese up in the Alpine Hills, uh, Castelmagno, is that right? Oh, yes, uh, this uh, is uh, a project that is uh, very near my heart, of course. Uh, well, I love animals in general, you know, I love my bees, I love my chicken, everything. Mm. But uh, I can say that uh, I, I have also a cow. So we have, uh, we are a group of friends. Some are part uh, also of the, um, the, the Barolo Boys uh, 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 fe- uh, wineries, uh, but especially us that are agriculture, you know. Um, uh, yeah. to the agriculture. But our friend Fabio Fentino, is that right? He's a part of it. Uh, is more than him uh, is the Claudio that is yeah. the cousin that look after the vineyards and yeah. Elisa Elisa who uh, uh, Elisa, has, yes who uh, has been as a young uh, woman uh, managing helping us managing uh, uh, the project uh, she mm. when she graduated uh, she graduated with a thesis on this project uh, she fell in love with it and so we involved they say okay go go ahead and manage but uh, now we are kind of organized so at the beginning we were doing everything ourselves so for example all the cleaning we were uh, were camouflaged like uh, okay let's do the party of the cutting the grass uh, which was of course not a party but was really cutting the grass <laughs> and <laughs> but today we have more uh, we we were really able to start uh, a project that uh, like in our intention would uh, bring uh, uh, some uh, hope and o- also option of work in the mountain so we have mm. people employee now uh, that uh, w- look after the cow look after the production uh, so it's um, look after the the rooms we have uh, uh, some pre very pretty chalet up there Oh, um, beautiful i'll have to come and visit um, oh, can, can you just can you describe the cheese uh pe- for people who don't know castamagno yes the cheese is one of the most important italian cheese we call like like for the barolo for the wine the castelmagno for the cheese it's um a, a very uh it's a, a cheese of uh, hard uh, pasta you know Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not soft. It's like, for example, the, the Parmigiano, let's say, you know, hard. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but is age in a grotto, uh, in natural grotto with high humidity for at least uh, um, one year. Mm. And uh, we sell it so uh, one year later, the production, and it stays one year in this grotto. We always clean, turn it up and down, and uh, let it mature. Inside this, uh, inside the cheese, will be created a natural vein of green. So it's not like the gorgonzola that they put inside, you know, the. the mm -hmm. These are naturally created like that. It's amazing. Wow. So it's very tasty, yeah, well. very good. In fact, uh, it's uh, really uh, also very much used for for food, for cooking. You probably have uh, already uh, uh, ever heard about the gnocchi al castelmagno. So they they are um, very very good. And uh, the, there is also a unique way of producing it linked to the cultural uh, story of the mountain because the mountain the people were in the mountain for for years for uh, all the years and in uh, in in winter maybe with the cow uh, in order not to waste uh, the cheese uh, they would remix the cheese for of three days so this very particular unique way of production makes this cheese absolutely unique and i'm sure it goes perfectly with barolo um, from Kanubi, maybe. Yeah. Of course. Yes. Of course. Well, Chiara, I just want to say thank you so much for coming and chatting on the podcast tonight. It's been an absolute honour and pleasure to chat with you. Uh, you know I love you and uh, you have been a great friend for very many years and uh, I feel very privileged that you were able to come on and talk about your wines and your story and what's happening in Barolo and especially on Kanubi Hill. So thank you. Matt, thank you. Thank you, Matt, very much for, for these wonderful talks. Thank you, Stevie. Thank you, all of you guys that uh, uh, spend uh, some of your time uh, to listen to these uh, stories. Good answer. Oh my goodness, I did not want this to end. It just, it, the hour just flew by. Unfortunately, we have to come to a close, but uh, maybe we can get you back, Chiara, sometime, because I have about 1,000 questions for you. So um, we will have to do like part two or something. I'm just going to thank you so much, Chiara and Matt, for staying up. Now it's like half past two, your time in the morning. Just don't go to sleep. Yeah. We could have gone on. <laughs> um, I'm going to bring back Laika. Laika, hello. Hi, Stevie. Hey, do you want to tell us what's what's going to happen next? Sure. So next week, um, July 18, it's going to be on Tuesday. Uh, Ana Gallegos, uh, she's also a Master of Wine candidate, and she will be interviewing Adriana Burkhardt of uh, the proprietor of Arilio Intera Bianca. So that's going to happen next week. Excellent. Thank you so much. This was a special um, anniversary edition indeed. Thank you so much. Alla prossima. Ciao, ragazzi. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao, ragazzi. Ciao, un bacione. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. 
don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.